0: Thanks for downloading this show from PC1. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on everything you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals to help you save during our spring Black Friday sale, like Bonnie Vegetable and Herb Plants, four for $10. And for a clean-looking landscape, pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch for just $10. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417, not valid on Alaska or Hawaii. Bonnie, offer valid on 19-ounce pots. See store for details, U.S. only.
1: Upside, the smart new way to buy travel is Upside.com. You save money and get a free Amazon gift card every trip you buy. Use the code FORBES and you're guaranteed at least a $200 gift card your first time using Upside. Save big on travel and get a big gift card. Upside.com minimum purchase required see site for complete details this is the forbes interview on podcast one
2: and i'm your host steve brittoni on this show i'll do deep dive interviews with billionaires entrepreneurs and influencers these are the faces you see on the cover of forbes and if they aren't in the cover they easily could be
1: Hey everybody, this is Laurel, executive producer of Forbes Podcasts, doing a little fill-in here for Steve, who is on assignment. Today's episode is a little different than what you're used to, so just a, a quick background. This fall... Forbes will be having their Forbes 30 Under 30 three-day summit in Boston. It celebrates not just young entrepreneurs, but also established business leaders that have wisdom and experience to share. Last week, Forbes officially kicked it off with a celebration in anticipation of all the U30 goodness to come. So for today's episode, we're playing a chat that Steve had with Neil Blumenthal at last year's conference. Neil is the CEO and founder of Warby Parker, the extremely popular company that makes vintage-inspired prescription glasses. So thanks so much for listening and have a great rest of the week.
2: Neil, awesome to have you here. A tough grad, so you're, you're back in town.
3: Back in town. Go Boston. I, used to, I think you used to do a little club promoting around here too back in the day. Uh, So when I was in high school and college, if you were entrepreneurial, it wasn't as easy to start a business. So you either sold drugs or promoted nightclubs. Um, And I wasn't going to sell drugs. So I would mix a a little business with pleasure and make some money off of promoting nightclubs, one of which was on the corner right here. Well, it's all full circle. Well, (laughs) speaking of making money, so you have an – Warby
2: Parker has a great, um, pretty new store in the Upper East Side in Manhattan, and there have to be all these other sunglass and eyewear stores all around it. And you go by on a Saturday, and there's like a line at the door like there's a party going on, and the other places are just
3: cobwebs. How do you make that happen? Uh, yeah, who would have thought that uh, selling glasses would be so sexy? Yeah. Um, you know, this, uh, when we think about retail, and, and we didn't think that we were going to open up uh, bricks-and-mortar stores, uh, but this particular store in the Upper East Side of, uh, of Manhattan um, is not an obvious choice. It's on Lexington, uh, whereas most of the retail is on 3rd Avenue or on Madison up there. Um, it, it was in a building that was in complete disrepair, um, but it was on the corner of 82nd and Lex, and on Lex right there, there's a hill. So um, anybody coming down Lexington uh, would see this building, and there was a great old marquee, there, because this was, uh, there, there had been a pharmacy there for 90 years bef- beforehand. Um, and we were able to uh, open a store, but basically get uh, sort of the branding and marketing of an entire building in, in Manhattan with a big, you know, basically a 10 foot marquee sign out front. Um, so uh, we've just found that whenever we do something non traditionally, and again, non-traditional location, um, uh, non-traditional space, especially for a, a shop selling glasses, uh, it, it pays off in, in droves. So aesthetically, um, it grabs people's attention and makes emotional connection. And then just inside, uh, we provide a, an experience uh, unlike any other sort of optical shop. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: A curious thing happened to FreshBooks on its way to becoming the largest cloud accounting software platform for small business owners in the world. As a company, they've managed to stay small while soaring to over 10 million users strong. Or is it the other way around? Has FreshBooks customer base soared because their company has stayed small? Named as a small giant on Forbes' list of best small companies this year, FreshBooks has been recognized for focusing on greatness over growth. By drastically simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online, and delivering award-winning customer service that usually picks up in under three rings, FreshBooks has changed how small business owners deal with their day-to-day paperwork. This is really only a fraction of what FreshBooks can do, and they want you to see more. To claim your 30-day free trial, no credit card required. Just go to freshbooks.com/forbes and enter the Forbes interview in the "How did you hear about us?" section.
2: And talking about tradition, you started out as an online glass store, um, and now you've, you know, did really well there, and now you've expanded to brick and mortar. How many
3: stores do you have now? Uh, so now we have 38, um, which is kind of wild. And what made
2: you push from? The whole idea at first was we're on, an online company. Why did you go to brick and mortar and how did you make that transition?
3: So, we were really excited uh, about the eyewear industry. Um, well, because of the crazy price umbrella that there were these really big companies charging a lot of money, but also, as you said, because um, the online penetration was pretty low. So, we thought somebody would make a lot of money selling glasses online. And why not be us? But the core of it was that we were always building a brand. Um, and uh, a technology-enabled brand, a brand that um, would resonate with people, uh, regardless of how we sold. So we have a saying at Warby Parker uh, that we're experience-focused, but medium-agnostic. And we know that the mediums through which we sell are going to evolve. I mean, we're only six years old, and already right? these mediums have changed dramatically. When we started, it was all about desktop e-commerce. Now it's all about mobile commerce. We've experimented with social commerce, with a buy button on Twitter, with uh, an exclusive that we sold through Snapchat. Um, I, I'm not saying that a buy button on Twitter isn't necessarily yes. going to be a home run, um, but the point is, is that these, these mediums are evolving. Um, and I don't know what the next medium is going to be. Is it going to be virtual reality? Potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is, is that we're not going to be dogmatic and stick to one or the other. We're going to take uh, what we believe is a very tech startup approach, which is if you think about software development, right? you're, you're running agile process where you're uh, trying to push code every two weeks and maintaining flexibility, uh, that's what we want to be doing. Is Snapchat taking off for you? Um, yeah, where our audience continues to grow. You know, the big challenge is trying to track um, what that means for us, but engagement seems to be pretty good. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, we want to tell our story. We want to enable our customers to peek behind the curtain at Warby Parker. And speaking of brand, how many
2: people here are consumer folks in the consumer business? good amount. What are your th- what are the three big things in building a brand from scratch? What are like the you, you, there's so much distraction.
3: What's like the core of building a new a new brand telling a new story? Um, I think the first thing is authenticity. Um, so you Everything that you do needs to come from a, a, a place, from a reason. Um, and it's got to be true to who you are because people can sniff out BS, right? We were all born, uh, you know, watching TV or now YouTube. Everything's cluttered with ads. So uh, we have great BS detectors because we've been seeing these advertisements and getting tricked into buying stuff since we were all two years old. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: I found the best way for you to buy travel. It's upside.com. Here's why I love them and why everyone I tell them about loves them too. At Upside, you save money on travel and you get a free Amazon gift card worth $100, $200, even $300 every time. You get savings and a big gift card free. Here's how they do it Upside bundles your flights and hotel together for one low price bundling saves a ton of money especially on business travel so they give you an amazon gift card your company saves money and you still keep all your miles and right now when you use the code forbes you're guaranteed a free 200 dollars amazon gift card your first time the code forbes gets you a guaranteed 200 dollars amazon gift card how can you not do it it's upside save big on travel and get a big gift card every time upside.com once more that's upside.com Minimum purchase required see site for complete details.
3: I think the the second thing um, is uh, you need to do something different also is, is very time. Uh, related. So when we launched, uh, launching a brand online was novel. So we actually got a lot of press and attention just for that. And a lot of people refer to the Warby Parker model, right? If we were to launch today, that's no longer novel, right? Mm -hmm. There's tons of companies that are doing it. So what are you going to do that's really different, that's going to get people to talk about you at the dinner table, that's going to get a writer to write about you? Uh, I think the third thing... Was going uh, online more of a publicity move, or was it a business model, a little bit of both? Oh, it was completely a business model. I don't think we realized that it, uh, that it would have this great you know, press impact that would enable us to acquire a bunch of free... Uh, customers. You know, also when we started six years ago, brands could be on Facebook um, and get a lot of our organic traffic without having to pay for it. That was just luck and serendipity. Um, It wasn't that uh, right, deliberate strategy from from our perspective. Um, I think the the third thing now um, is, right, the product just has to be great. Um, And uh, there's a lot of talk about minimum viable product um, and you should always be Um, launching something in a minimally viable way, I believe in the lean startup and and that methodology, but where startups get in trouble is uh, where that threshold for viability is. I think all too often they think that threshold is a lot lower than it actually is, um, especially for consumer businesses. So by the time you launch, that product better be awesome, it better be priced right, um, and it better do exactly what you say it does. We worked on Warby Parker for a year and a half before we launched it, um, just sort of like, right, it's an eternity in the startup world. How, have your glasses and your products changed in the
2: last six years in terms of quality or how you make them? Like, what have you learned from that first product to what you guys do
3: now? Um, I think we've been very thoughtful, we, as Joel sort of mentioned in his intro, uh, around Uh, sustainable growth. We're trying to build a brand for the next hundred years, and we want to be growing aggressively and quickly, but we want to be making investments in infrastructure to support that growth so that we're always delivering awesome product with a great customer experience. Um, And in the early days, right, we uh, sort of limited our product offering, um, and that's because uh, we believe in that old adage, Kiss, keep it simple, stupid, right? Mm -hmm. Complexity is the enemy of any business. Uh, To to start, we launched with just acetate frames with single vision lenses. Mm -hmm. Um, How many models did you have? We had 27 shapes and two to four colors each. Mm -hmm. So we had, you know, in the order of magnitude of um, a a couple hundred SKUs, whereas a typical optical shop would have over a thousand SKUs, Mm -hmm. right? And that's complex, and we were keeping it simple. Um, that enabled us to get it right and grow from a strong foundation. In year two, we introduced sunglasses and prescription sunglasses, right? That's a completely different market and expanding um, uh, basically the equivalent of our first sort of category expansion. Um, year three introduced um, uh, titanium and mixed material frames. Again, different skill set required to design for that, produce for that, serve customers a slightly different customer base. Year four, we introduced progressive and bifocal lenses. These are lenses for people over the age of 45 that have trouble seeing up close as well as seeing in, in the distance. So how, um, many do you have, how many models do you have now versus that, that first 28 or so? Um, so we still have, we have about 400 SKUs right now, so it's still manageable. Um, but the thing is that, right, we're serving uh, uh, the breadth of our customers has increased dramatically, but we have the foundation and the resources to do that now, which, which we didn't in the first couple of years. So um, I always sort of tell the, the team to be sort of thoughtful as they're scaling. Um, again, complexity is the enemy. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: FreshBooks is a ridiculously easy-to-use cloud accounting software for small business owners that saves you time and gets you paid faster. Now used by over 10 million people worldwide, for your 30-day free trial, go to freshbooks.com/forbes and enter the Forbes interview in the "How did you hear about us?" section.
2: In terms of like controlled growth, you know, you disrupted the Luxottica and the whole Sunglass
3: Hut empire. How do you grow without becoming the thing that you want to disrupt in the first place? I think what separates sort of a startup mentality with a big incumbent sort of legacy mentality is this desire to get better every day. And everybody at Warby Parker um, just wants to do their job a million times better and they want to learn and they want to grow and uh, one of the things that we do is every six months we have an anonymous survey in the organization and we're really measuring for employee engagement because if we think our employees are engaged, we're going to be able to do great things, right? We'll be able to recruit the right people, retain the right people. Um, and achieve sort of uh, our our goals. And without a doubt, these surveys all come back that um, our team uh, is excited to learn and and to grow. So what can we be doing as an organization uh, to do that? And when we're hiring for people, uh, the three things that we care most about are, is somebody proactive? Mm -hmm. Um, Is somebody curious? Are they a lifelong learner? Because to our earlier point, these mediums are always changing, so somebody that's right for the role today uh, will, not be, will not have the skill set for that role even two years from now, mm-hmm. so they better be a great learner. Um, and lastly, sort of passion for, for Warby Parker, right? They need to love and bleed the brand and, and want to be there.
2: Yeah, how do you do that? How do you recruit? Because, I mean, I've, you know, we know each other well, and I've been around your offices, and you have people working with you that you wouldn't think, oh, they work at an eyewear company. Like, how do you make it different than just work? You know, what's the special thing that makes people passionate about what you guys do?
3: Um, I, you know, I think one of the big things is that we sort of tell people who we are to enable people to, to self-select. So I remember even in sort of uh, when we were hiring our, our first employees, um, a friend, actually Andy Dunn, who started Bonobos, was saying, um, your position descriptions are really important. So get those right. Um, So you're hiring what the job is, it's all part of marketing. Exactly. So it's not just what the role is, but what are you going to say about the company so that way somebody that reads that position description will get excited uh, but will also be able to self-select because hiring is a a two-way decision. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, one of the things that I still do and my co-founder and co-CEO Dave is that we still meet with uh, everybody that we hire at at headquarters and all of our store managers and, and district managers. It used to be everybody in the company, but we now have... Uh, around 900 people. Um, we have uh, 38 stores uh, and we have a second office in Nashville with about 100 people in it. So uh, physically, it, it's impossible for us to still interview everybody. But um, being part of that um, ensures the authenticity of the brand, ensures that um, it, it also sort of keeps all our hiring managers and people honest that we're actually looking for those specific traits in our team. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
0: Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417, while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only.
2: Today on Geffen Playhouse Unscripted, we are joined by actor, producer, director,
0: author. What else can you do, Brian Cranston? I sweep floors. You do? And I load a dishwasher really, really well. Do you unload it? Not too many. Okay. (laughs) We could give you a job in our house. The talent is loading it, not unloading. No, the talent is buying the dishes that
2: fit together and not the dishes that I buy that don't fit in the dishwasher.
0: Well, I could teach you how they can fit.
2: Okay, Brian. Thank you. That's Brian Cranston on Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. Be sure to listen on Podcast One or through the Podcast One app and Apple Podcasts.
1: The Forbes interview is brought to you by WordPress.com. WordPress powers twenty-seven percent of all websites, including Forbes blogs. Get fifteen percent off of your new website today at WordPress.com Forbes. That's WordPress.com Forbes.
2: So what's the pitch? Give me the sell me on Warby right now. If I'm sitting down, what do you what do you tell people to come over to your site?
3: Well, I think that's uh, if I'm trying to sell you, then something's probably wrong. When I sell you we you're trying to do in right. you know, close. What's the cl- the what's the close? Um, I think we prom- make a promise to our employees that if you come here you're going to be challenged, uh, you're going to learn every day, uh, and you're going to have a big impact uh, on the world. You know, When we were creating Warby Parker, um, we thought about building a business that we were going to be excited to come to work every day where we wouldn't roll over and hit the snooze button. Um, And for us, it was all about uh, having a positive impact on the world, having a strong social mission. Um, It's why for every pair of glasses we sell, we distribute one to someone in need. It's why we're a certified B Corp. Um, It's why we try and track our carbon emissions and purchase carbon offsets and find ways to reduce our our carbon footprint. Um, And... While um, you know, it's something that we don't necessarily put front and center of our marketing materials, um, it is um, the number one reason why people come and work for, for Warby Parker. So it's, it's a huge part of the culture. A huge part of the culture. Um, and like everything else, the strategy is constantly evolving. Um, so, we've now distributed you know, several million pairs of glasses to, to people in need around the world. Um, that model originally was hey, we're going to partner with Vision Spring, a nonprofit that I used to run um, that trains low income women um, and men in uh, South Asia, Sub Saharan Africa, and Latin America to uh, uh, basically give eye exams and sell glasses mm-hmm. in their communities. So, it's a sustainable model. Um, now we 've been thinking a lot about how do we serve uh, people within the u s uh, and we think in New York City alone there's about two hundred thousand kids that don't have the glasses that they need, um, which is right un- unforgivable um, in-, in a country and a city uh, of the wealth that-, that we have and What happens when kids don't have glasses is uh, that you get bored in class you can 't see the class the the blackboard um, you start. Um, you disengage, you might be disruptive, Uh, suddenly uh, you get kicked out of class, Uh, suddenly you're getting misdiagnosed for ADD, you're getting put into special needs classes, and it's just this really bad cycle that's easily prevented. It's a simple, cheap fix. A simple, cheap fix. So we've been thinking about two approaches here. One's top-down, and one's bottom-up. So top-down, we've been working with the uh, mayor's office and the city of New York um, to go into schools um, and And we're going into 130 schools, uh, screening 65,000 kids, um, which we think will result in at least 20,000 kids that need glasses. And we've designed actually 12 different pairs of glasses for the kids to choose from. Uh, Because one of the other things is is that you have to understand that, right, these are not just a health uh, product but a fashion accessory. Yeah. Um, so right, they have to be glasses that kids want to wear. Um, and that by giving them choice, we're giving them agency to decide uh, what pair they want to wear. Then our bottoms-up approach is that we've been partnering with DonorsChoose.org, which, right, amazing organization, effectively invented crowdfunding, but doesn't get credit for it because they're a nonprofit, um, where public school teachers can raise their hand and say, hey, I need, you know, art supplies for my class. I need $100, and people can can donate to them. What we've done is we've created a sort of, uh, a sort of, pair of glasses in a bag, so to speak, where a teacher can say, I have 30 kids in my class, um, I want to arrange for an optometrist to come, and we basically supply an optometrist to come into the class, uh, give eye exams to the kids, and uh, there's, we give them a display where they can display the glasses, the kids pick out the glasses, um, and uh, a week later, when the glasses are made, they return back to, to all the donated. Kids by you guys it's donated by us Um, and the teacher actually has to raise a little bit of money as well so there's skin in the game so it's also uh, a more sustainable approach but what's exciting about this is that this is sort of a network uh, distributed approach right where we could have literally tens of thousands of teachers across the country Um, we're still in pilot phase in New York City only but how you can imagine how this can scale really quickly um, and that's what uh, gets us really excited. Yeah, this is like, these are big, complex things. How do you balance like running a business and
2: making money for your employees and your investors, and doing and doing good? Yesterday, another stage, we had a debate with Richard Branson on Richard Branson, who's obviously the same mindset, and then someone like Warren Buffett, who's like, just make the money, then do good. <laughs> like, how, is that not a distraction? Like,
3: um, I, I think the thing is, is that it, it's a false dichotomy to think of these things as independent. And from day one, we bl- we believe that Warby Parker is a mission-driven organization. Um, so it's been part of our DNA. It's been part of the business model. Um, if it you know, if we were distributing a pair of glasses for every pair that we sold um, and it wasn't financially viable, then obviously we can't do it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, But that doesn't excuse us from taking the same rigor um, and uh, mind share that uh, we use to make money to achieve uh, our mission. Do you have,
2: like, a, a certain department inside Warwick that focuses on, on this, or is everyone kind of wear different hats in terms of... We Charity had,
3: versus, versus commerce. So w- when I hear the term like corporate social responsibility, it kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's because often right these, uh, that type of work is siloed. It's not integrated in, into the organization. It's not core to the work that uh, that company is doing. So uh, we have a social innovation team. Uh, it's a team of one. Um, And that's deliberate because we want everybody within the company to be part of uh, the the solution and not have it relegated to a department that has little resources and little authority within the organization. How do you
2: split that up? Because, I mean, you're in a super competitive industry, you know, the whole startup thing. How do you make sure people are actually putting their time in? Is it... Do you have to schedule it, or does it kind of just happen naturally? How Um, how do you balance that? Well, there's a
3: lot of volunteer work that our organization does, and that's sort of distributed, and people schedule it and and self-report. But let's take, like, social compliance, for example. So our factories. Um, How do we make sure that they're safe and Mm -hmm. secure for the workers of of these factories? Um, How do we make sure that uh, the workers are being paid Um, fairly and appropriately, and what we've done is we've um, hired a a company called Verite uh, that is a a Skoll uh, Social Entrepreneur of the Year winner, uh, has pretty much every social enterprise award uh, known to man they've received. Uh, They will go in, um, meet with management, they'll meet with uh, employees uh, of the facility, and then they'll uh, conduct um, sort of secret interviews off-site, so that way uh, they're getting a, a real sure story, okay. um, and, and they're reporting it um, to us and, and our factories. Um, and then we've also put together trainings for our, our factories, uh, and you know, we're inspecting everything from uh, whether the emergency exits have proper signage, that the doors open the right way in case of a fire, that our, the employees are getting paid overtime, um, uh, that there's absolutely no child labor. And, um, so you got it's both sides. E- exactly. And the people that uh, need to be involved in that from our organization are not the corporate social responsibility team. It's the production and sourcing and supply chain team that has the leverage over these factories that says, hey, if you don't, you know, pass this with flying colors, if, you're not, if you don't have a plan for improvement, if we find something like, door swinging the wrong way. Uh, The next time that we come, if that's not fixed, you're not getting any more orders from us. Um, So uh, that's how you sort of distribute um, authority and work uh, around uh, the the mission. Um, And I think also the social enterprise approach is that um, I went, I personally went to our factories and we brought them, what was pretty unprecedented um, is that we brought Uh, 10 factories together and did a full day training. Um, And I sort of walked through the philosophy of Warby Parker. I also walked through sort of the labor rights movement in the U.S. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: Here at the Forbes interview, we know that creating great things sometimes comes down to having the right support system. That's why we're excited to have WordPress.com as a sponsor. They've been supporting us behind the scenes for a while as home to Forbes blogs. We use WordPress.com every day. And let me tell you, whether you're looking to create a personal blog, a business site, or both, you'll make a big impact when you build your website on WordPress.com. Even if you don't have experience building a website, WordPress can guide you through the process. They have hundreds of themes to get you started. Just pick a template and make it your own. You'll get built-in search engine optimization and social sharing. When you build your website on WordPress.com, you're part of a community with support 24-7. Come see why more websites run on WordPress than on any other platform. Get started today with 15% off any new plan purchase. Go to WordPress.com slash Forbes to create your website and find the membership plan that's right for you. That's WordPress.com slash Forbes for 15% off a brand new website. WordPress.com slash Forbes.
2: So it's not just Um, your employees and people that work in the stores, but you're actually trying to train your your outsourcing.
3: Exactly. We produce frames um, in Italy and in China. um, And we walked through and said, hey, um, you know, this is uh, sort of the track within the U.S. and this is why we have this body of regulation. Um, And I talked about the Triangle Waist Shirt Factory, uh, which was literally two blocks away from where I Grew up um, where uh, there was a fire, and a bunch of female workers. Uh, the doors were locked, and literally either burned to death or, or jumped out of the building uh, to to their death. And talked about, hey, you know, we had to look ourselves in the eye and make sure that what we were doing was. Uh, they must love having firm. you come in and
2: give that motivational speech. That. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, nothing more motivational than that. But I but I think it came out of uh, a place that was less like paternalistic, because mm-hmm. um, a lot of uh, a lot of these approaches tend to be heavy-handed and saying hey this is why this is important Um, and like everything it starts with the why Um, and if we do that with our partners we do it internally that's how we're successful jumping back to some some commerce questions how many your average customer
2: how many do they how many glasses do they buy a year
3: so in the U.S., on average, uh, women buy glasses every 2.1 years, uh, men every uh, 2.2 years. We're finding uh, our repeat purchases are, are more than double that, um, and, and just with our own brand. Right? Those are overall across the industry. Um, and I think what, what we're finding um, right is that we're making it easier to shop. Um, just the online experience is, is uh, pretty seamless, um, whether you're going to their store or our s- site. There's um, one uh, uh, customer records. so right there's nothing more frustrating than buying something online, trying to return it in the store, and they can't, yeah, you they know, can't find it. Yeah, it's, even like luxury brands don't get this right, and there's nothing luxury about a terrible experience. No. Um, so I I think that's uh, contributing to it but one of the things that uh, we were always also careful not to promise like investors or other partners was that hey you know we're going to radically change current customer behavior to say like you know instead of buying one pair every two years that you're going to be buying ten pairs a year Um, and that's because we think it's really hard to change customer behavior and I think the best businesses um, uh, sort of understand reality and create their business around that reality so would you i mean obviously you have a, a great brand and
2: a great model and ethos would you ever think to move into another category that people might buy things more often or just either good complementary things to the sunglasses and eyeglasses that you can take your kind
3: of your culture and push it that way your brand push it towards that Absolutely. We've always built Warby Parker as a lifestyle brand um, that stands for fun, creativity, and and doing good in the world. You know, I I think if we had followed a more traditional sort of path, we would have immediately gone into other accessories like watches or costume or fine jewelry. We would have gone into apparel. uh, to my earlier point, right, you want to um, stay focused and keep it simple stupid so you can be excellent at so what, at what do you, you what do. So
2: what have you jumped into? Or what have you looked at? What, what are some of the things you guys actually really considered expanding into?
3: So, um, right, if you think about uh, what are glasses, they're probably the best example of form and function. Um, so you look at the watch industry, right, form and function. Now, would anybody want to go into the watch industry right now that Apple is in it yeah. and people might think that the Apple Watch is a failure and I can tell you by every conceivable metric it is not a failure it's just we when we think of Apple we're thinking about such crazy scale but um, they have taken a, a, insane amount of market share so number one I don't want to go I don't want to go there and the market dynamics aren't like what we have in eyewear right where you had this crazy price umbrella because you have these uh, uh, effectively an oligopoly right you had a, a few large companies um, that were charging really high rents that we could undercut. Also frames are much easier to make than a watch Yes, but you'd be surprised at how complicated um, and how many steps go into making a, a, a pair of glasses. Um, but uh, but my, sort of my, my point there is that um, right, often uh, companies are trying to chase growth and they get into all these other um, categories. They try and go international too quickly um, and they can get into deep trouble doing that. Um, One of the things that we have started to do is just sell fun products that we've designed uh, or made in partnership with other folks, uh, whether it's mugs, playing cards, uh, we sell books in our stores. These are not going to move the needle from a revenue perspective, but it helps add dimensionality to the brand. And we call them additions, and we actually, um, uh, if you go to the site, you can now um, sort, of, sort of find it online mm-hmm. in addition to in our stores. We designed and made a dog chew toy, for example, because we just found that so many of our customers were coming into our stores um, and uh, love the fact that they we had the, dog they bring treats. the dogs with them? Yeah. Okay. Uh, which is kind but of is there,
2: But is there anything you're like, considering that's outside of that? Like, are you get, feeling pressure
3: to kind of come up with a new a new category? Um, there's no pressure, something that we're always thinking about, but you know, the nice thing is that we're in a massive industry. Eyewear is hundred billion dollars globally, about a third of which is in the US, so for the foreseeable future, we can grow and be a very, very big business within our own category. Are you, so you have 38 stores, and how do you choose where the stores go? Uh, we take a look at um, where our current customers are shopping, so that's a, a nice thing that we've been able to apply sort of being a digital sort of online uh, native company is that uh, we look at the data. Where are so our where current you, where customers? You, where do you get that data from? Um, our, uh, where our existing customers are. Where are they buying? Um, so, uh, right when you buy a pair of glasses from Warby Parker, right, we have to ship it to you. So we know your your zip code. So suddenly we start to see um, where our existing customers are. We see where there are clusters. Mm-hmm. Um, we look um, just like from a marketing perspective. You may look at lookalike audiences on Facebook to target folks. We can look at lookalike. Um, uh, customers uh, across the country, and say, "Hey, you know, we opened a, sh- uh, a store um, in D.C. One in Georgetown, one in Shaw. Um, where are there neighborhoods across the U.S. with similar attributes that we can open up?" Stores?
2: So it's not just like so. It's it's gut and data, I guess you'd say. You
3: want to be you know certain
2: neighborhoods, but you can look at the the facts, and we'll show you where is it
3: is Yeah. And the other thing with stores, right, you're often signing these long-term leases. You have these big build-outs. So how do we take that software development uh, methodology and apply that to something that has high fixed costs that is not really flexible? And one of the things that we'll do is that we'll sign short-term leases, so there's less risk. We'll try and reduce those build-out costs as much as possible. And how do we do that without sacrificing the customer experience and using creativity? So one of the stores, that I'm really excited that we just opened was in Portland. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't uh, necessarily on in the exact intersection where we wanted, and the layout of the store wasn't perfect. Um, so uh, we didn't spend a ton on Build Out, but we created this really cool concept called the Warby Parker Do Good Arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, and we work with a couple artists to do some commissioned artwork inside. Um, we bought a bunch of old-school arcade games like Frogger and Miss Pac-Man. Um, and we have a token uh, machine there, and it's a quarter to play. Um, and anybody that sort of buys tokens, all that money gets donated to a local nonprofit uh, called the Right Brain Initiative. So you guys are... Always doing creative branding stuff and giving back at the same time. So that's a good place to end. I really
2: appreciate the time. Yeah, thank of course, you guys. Thanks for having us. <laughs> that's it for this episode of the Forbes interview. I'm Steve Bertoni. If you'd like to reach us, email us at interview at podcastone.com. Thanks for listening.
0: Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details U.S. only.
2: I'm Ed Donahue.